0: Yeah, I love godly mothers and uh, the Lord can give you a good mother. And I want to preach that this morning on that. I want to preach on what makes a great mother. What does the Bible say makes a great mother? Look at 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start there in verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8. And I want to uh, thank Sister Teresa for singing that special. It was a wonderful special. Praise the Lord. I appreciate it. every time y'all get up here, every one of y'all get up here sing specials for the Lord. It just it just it brings so much joy to my heart. And I love it to death. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Second Kings chapter four, verse eight. Now fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunam, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Now I want you to notice that in verse eight it says this woman of Shunem that she's not only just a woman; it says she's a great woman. Now, if you know your Bible and you read your Bible enough, the Bible just don't throw around the words great for no reason. If the Bible says this is a great woman, this was a great, great woman. And what we're going to do this morning, we're going to go through the story of this great woman with Elisha, and we're going to find out what it takes to be, what it takes to make a great mother. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you so much for your grace and mercy in my life, Lord God, and finally I just pray, Lord, is uh, we come to your word, Lord God, that I pray that it'll be your Holy Spirit that leads, God directs us, Father. it be like holy manna come down for us to feast on, Father, Lord. And I do thank you for all our godly mothers, Lord God. Thank you for all the women, Lord God, that the best way they can, Lord God, they're trying to raise their children, Father. But Lord, I pray, Father, if there's somebody out there underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, as we, at the end of this service, Lord, as we give the invitation, Father, you'll move on their heart. They'll come down here and they'll get saved, Lord God. And I want to thank you for salvation I have in Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful day, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you're bringing some common sense back to our government, to our officials, Lord God. They're letting us free, letting us loose, Lord God. But Father, I do want to thank you again for the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for this country we live in, Lord. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So it says there, she's a great woman. Let's find out what makes her so great. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. What makes a great mother? Well, what makes a great mother is she's a great witness to her family about God. What makes a great mother is she's a great witness to her family about God. And she's a witness that this is a man of God. She recognizes and I perceive that this is a man of God, that Elisha to her is a man of God. She says, this is a man of God and I want to take care of him. I'm going to do something for him. And so a great mother always does a good thing for her family and gets them into church and keeps them in the church. That's what makes a great mother. Uh, I've heard people say, and I know I say this all the time, but I say this all the time because people say this thing to me all the time. People say to me all the time, well, I would go to church But when I was being raised, I was made to go to church. And my answer to that, every time somebody says that to me, is, yeah, you were made to brush your teeth. You were made to take a shower. You were made to clean your room. You were made to do the right things. So you're still brushing your teeth, I assume. You're still taking a shower, I assume. I assume that sometimes. You go into Walmart, some of these people. (laughs) I assume you're still doing those things that are right, right? Okay, well, she raised you right. That's a good mother. She had you in church where you're supposed to be. So get back in church where you're supposed to be. That's a good mother. A good mother does that. I was reading a story about Dr. Morgan. Dr. Morgan had a great family. He had four sons. Dr. Morgan was a great preacher. His four sons were great preachers. The whole family was full of preachers. They had this big uh, family reunion. They're all around. And one of the family came over there and he looked at Dr. Morgan and looked at his four sons and he turned around and he said, Who's the greatest preacher? And without missing a beat, one of them turned and said, the mother. <laughs> yeah, I've been around some families like that. Yeah, The mother. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. We need better mothers like that. And that's the way this woman here is. She's a great woman because she's a great witness to her family about God. Look at verse 10. Let us make a little chamber, she says to her husband. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. It's called a prophet's chamber. Today we call it a prophet's chamber. A lot of missionaries that come through this church, they'll call me up and they'll say, do you have a prophet's chamber? And I said, no, we don't have a prophet's chamber. But you're more welcome to stay down at the ranch or whatever. So what this is what it's set up is you got a preacher coming in on a circuit, a circuit riding preacher, a missionary coming in. You set up a room or a little house to where they can come in and they can stay, and it's just for them to stay for a little while and they, when they're passing through. That's what she wanted to do. So what makes a great mother? A great mother has kindness and hospitality. Amen. A great mother has kindness and hospitality. A mother, a great godly mother, is a living example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Nobody has more compassion and love than a great mother. Nobody had more compassionate and love than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the amazing things about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is whenever you read the stories about him and the disciples, and be out there and there would be 4,000 people with them, it wasn't that disi- the disciples came and told Jesus, hey, tell them to leave. They're going to get hungry. Tell them to leave. It was Jesus that said Jesus, the Bible says Jesus looked on them with compassion and said, we need to feed them. And they're like, how are we going to feed this many people? They're like, send them away. If they die on the way, that's their own fault. They shouldn't have come out this far. That's the way we, that's the way disciples thought. That's the way I would think. But Jesus didn't think that way. Like a great mother, said, we need to take care of them. This prophet's coming by, he's doing God's work. We need to see what we can do to be kind to him. We need to see what we can do to be hospitable to him. Where most people say, the preacher's coming by, hide the beer. Take the beer out of the refrigerator. Let's put it, you know. No, that's not the way she was. She says, hey, the prophet's coming by, let's, let's make him a place to stay. Let's make him comfortable. She loved God and she loved God's people. Amen. It's a great mother. It's a great testimony of a great mother. She had kindness and she had hospitality. In verse 11, and it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and he lay there. Elisha was using it, and Elisha appreciated it. In verse 12, and this shows you that he appreciated it. Verse 12, and he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is this? What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? So Elisha says, I want to do something nice for you. You've been so good to me. You've been so good to Kahazi. My, to my, uh, I want to do something for you. What can I do for you? Can I speak to the king? Can I put in a good word for the king? Can I, can I do something for the captain of the host, make sure the army can take care of me? What can I do for you to make up for how good you've been to me? And she answered, look at verse 13, the end, the end of verse 13. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. She's humble. The third thing that makes a great mother is great humbleness. There's nobody more humble than a mother. Doesn't get the credit she deserves. Uh, stays up at night when the kids puking all over the house, uh, changing the diapers, uh, going to school when the kids in trouble, going to school and dealing with the principals, dealing with the teacher. Like uh, one time, I had a son that got in trouble for uh, drawing a dirty picture at school, so they called me up and they said, "You need to come up here and deal with this." So I'm the one that had to go up there. To, you know, I'm not a mother. I'm not a mother. I don't go up there all diplomatic and everything. I go up there and say, what's wrong with that? He's just a kid. I mean, come on. What? Everybody's doing that. There's nothing wrong. You know, I'm not a good mother. I mean, a good mother would have went up there and would have handled things appropriately, would have shown humbleness and everything. I'm up there ready to fight the principal over something, something stupid done, you know. That's the way a dad thinks. A mother doesn't have that. A, mumble- a mother has incredible humbleness. That's what makes a great mother is incredible hum- humbleness that she showed. I was reading a story about this lady. And this lady, would, she would, uh, her son got arrested for uh, murder, and she said he's innocent. I know he's innocent. And she was a poor mother, and she, she for eleven years scrubbed floors, did all the side work, and she raised five thousand dollars. Now this is back in nineteen forty-five. $5,000. And she lived in this poor rundown old shack. And she put an ad in the paper. And the Chicago paper said, "If you, anybody who knows the uh, reward of $5,000, anybody can show uh, who murdered this officer. Because it was a police officer that was murdered by supposedly by her son. And she knew her son was innocent. And she worked. Well, this reporter found out about this. He saw the ad. He looked into it. He went and found her. There's this poor old lady. Poor lady. She did all this work. She barely had the money to, to survive. But she had put up enough money for this reward. If somebody would just come forward so this reporter had a heart for her. This reporter went and started searching. He found out the truth that this guy was not there at the scene of the murder. There's no way he could have been. Went to the Supreme Court. They released this guy. He got out of prison. When he got out of prison, he went home. You know what his mother did for him? His mother baked him a cake, and she sat at that, and and the reporter said that as that son that just got out of prison because his mother did all this work for him, that son sat at the table, and she had baked him a cake, and she stood up over him as he ate that cake, and she wasn't eating any of the cake. Humbleness. Humbleness. She doesn't expect him to give her a reward. She doesn't expect anything out of a son. She's just happy to see her son in a position he's supposed to be in, out of prison. That's a true mother. That's the humbleness of mothers. Humbleness of mothers. A teacher was asking a a son about fractions. He said, okay, you have uh, eight siblings. You have a mother and a father, and there's a pie. How How many slices of pie would there be? He said, nine. And the teacher said, don't you understand fractions? Don't? He, he goes, yeah, I understand fractions, but if, there's, if, there's, if they're all, we're all sitting there, my mom's there, she's going to say, I don't want no pie. Y'all can have it all. That's a, that's a true mother. And we all have had mothers that will sacrifice and say, well, I'm not hungry. I don't need that. And, you know, go ahead and do that. That's a great mother. That's what makes a great mother is, is the sign of humbleness that only a mother can have. Amen. Verse 14. Verse 14. Let's continue on. A great mother never expects anything in return. Verse 14 And he said, Where, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child. She hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, This is Elisha. About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid." She knows that's what she will. So that's her whole desire is to have a child. And he calls her in and says, Hey, by this time next year, you're going to be with child. And she said, No, don't, don't, don't pull my leg. Don't be, pull, don't be pulling a fat. Don't be joking with me about something like that. That was her whole desire. But she didn't ask for it, did she? She got called in by Elisha and says, Hey, you're going to have this. Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. Verse 17, And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. A miracle. Amen. God had given her her, her wildest dreams by being, when she was a good mother. But then disaster strikes. Verse 18, Just like life, every day in life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day. Then he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My my head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. This great gift from God that God had given this woman, all the stuff she had done for Elisha, all the things, all the love she had shown, the compassion, the humbleness, the kindness, hospitality, God had blessed her with his child, and then there, not too long after that, God had took it away. The greatest sign of a godly mother, what makes a great mother, is the love she has for her children. That's the greatest sign, and that's what's missing in America today, is mothers don't have the love they should have for their children. And what I mean by that is, when I say love, people take that as love is when you let your kids get away with whatever they want to get away with. That's not love. No. Real love is to discipline them. Yes. We, we, me and my wife, we were in a, we were at a, a, a somewhere shopping the other day, and this lady, and it obviously was this kid's grandmother. This girl was misbehaving. She was about three years old, and that 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 grandma went up there and whack, just right. I mean, just you could hear it whack all the way across there, just whack. And that that little girl just stood there like a statue. And I heard that grandmother say, don't be doing that. I told you not to be doing that. And I told my wife, what does that say to you? What does that say to you? I know what it says to me. That little girl's used to getting whipped. Amen. Yeah, because she's like, Whoosh. oh, yeah, I knew that was coming. I shouldn't have been doing that one. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have been doing that one. That's a great mother. That's a great grandmother to me. That's what we need more in America. Love your kids enough to discipline them. Love your kids enough to tell them, hey, you're doing wrong. We don't do that. Amen. Love your kids enough to discipline them and to show them the right way. Don't when you're saying, hey, I love you enough to let you make your own choices, you're being stupid. Amen. Because what happens is when you don't tell them what choices to make, somebody else is going to come in there and tell them what choices Amen. to make. And they'll follow them. They're either going to follow you, mama, or they're going to follow the world. It's your choice. They're either going to follow their celebrity or their music or whoever they're listening to, the TV, the Internet. They're going to follow them. If you don't want them following them, you better step in and tell them, this is how we do things here. We, as kids, there's nobody that stands higher in our life than our fathers and our mothers. God has the family set up like that to where the father and the mother, they show us a type of God Almighty. When you're a kid, you look up and you say, that's, my, that's God right there. He provides for me. She provides for me. God the Father and the Mother represents the Holy Spirit. God the Father and the Mother represents the Holy Spirit, the comforter. When you're hurt, who do you go for, to for comfort? You don't go run into Daddy to kiss the boo-boo. You go run into Mama to kiss the boo-boo. The Mama is the comforter. That's the type of the Holy Spirit. The mother is the greatest type of the Holy Spirit God has to show us. Amen. And it shows it moving. So I know I started preaching this sermon on great mothers, and some of you men said, oh, good, I can take the morning off and go ahead and take a little quick nap. No, no. <laughs> this applies to you, too, because this is showing you the way the Holy Spirit works. Amen. Showing you the way the Holy Spirit works. The greatest sign of a great mother is the love she has for her children. She brought him to his mother, and he sat on her knees till noon and then died. You know what the hardest thing to kill is? The hardest thing to kill is a mother's love. I was uh, reading a story about <laughs> these soldiers. These soldiers were marching back in World War II and they were all marching. And one soldier, they were, doing the, they were doing it in front of a parade and they were all marching along and there was one soldier that was out of tune. Everybody was taking left, he was taking a right. Everybody was taking a right, he would take a left. And the mother, t- the mother of that son turned around and said, look, my son's the only one that's marching right. <laughs> That's the love of a mother. You can't kill that stuff. That's the love of a mother. The only perfect man, the only perfect man you ever hear about is a mother's son. Not the husband. (laughs) Not the brother. The only perfect man you're ever going to hear about is a mother's son. That's the only perfect man I ever hear about. Uh, Mothers will die for their children where a father won't. Mothers will sacrifice for their children where the father won't. I've seen mothers and heard about mothers doing some amazing... Now, I'm coming from a, a background of not having a father. I'm coming from a background of being raised by a single parent, by a mom, that didn't have, a, didn't have any man in her life. It was me and my, my sister in this house, and my mother was the one that was the sole provider. So I come from a, a loving uh, relationship like that where my mother was everything to me, and I didn't have that father. But I've seen and my mother sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice So I could have where nobody else had, where she didn't even have. My mother was a great mother that way. And uh, uh, one of the stories I read about uh, this mother that was in a, she was in a blizzard. And uh, the the storm came in and she couldn't get out of the blizzard. And they found her. When they found her, she was, they found her dead. But she was down to where she was just in her underclothes. And they got to looking even further into the, uh, into the car and they got to look it and they found uh, all her clothes and they were wrapped around and there was a baby. She had her baby and she took all her clothes off in this blizzard and wrapped all her clothes around her baby and they undid all the clothes and the baby was still alive. She had sacrificed her life for her son. That son grew up to be David Weber, David Floyd Weber, David Lord Lord George, David George. It's one of the greatest prime ministers Great Britain's ever known. His mother died for him, saved him. There's no greater love than a love that a mother has for their child. Look at verse 21. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She went into the prophet's chamber and lay, laid the, the dead, the, her dead son up on the, Elisha's bed and shut the door upon him and went out. She's not going to let this just lie, guys. <laughs> She's She's not going to say, oh, well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. This one was not like Job. She's going to try to do something about this one. Verse 22, and she called unto her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. Amen. So what was going on here? It's a great. She's showing a great faith in God without her husband's support. Amen. What's her husband say there in verse twenty three? And he said, "Wherefore wilt thou go to him to today? It is neither new moon or Sabbath." And she said, "It should be well." What's he saying to her? She goes, "Hey, I need to run. I give me some. Uh, give me the, the, the servant. I got to run. I got to run to see the man of God." She's saying, "I got to go see the preacher." And the husband says, "Why are you going to see the preacher? It's not Sunday. <laughs> what are you doing?" He doesn't get it. See, the son's passed away, and to him, that, that just happened. That's the way it's going to be. But she knows that God is a God of miracles. Amen. Elisha serves a God, a God that has a, is a miracle-working God. So there's a God that can do some things. So She says, I want to go see this man of God. So what makes a great mother? What makes a great mother? Well, a great mother a, has a great faith in God when she doesn't have the support of her husband. One of the saddest things about the churches in America is the churches in America are run by women. And what I mean by that is that a lot of times the women are at the church doing what's right by the family, doing what's right by the children, doing what's right by God, and the man sitting at home on the couch watching football or going out fishing or going hunting or doing something else and not doing the things that God expects a family to do spiritually. And the mother has to take in the load. That's That's this great woman right here. Now you're starting to see why the Bible called her a great woman. Because she's doing things when she doesn't have any support of her husband. I don't want y'all to raise your hands, but how many of of us are saved because we have a mother that took us to church? Amen. That's me. I'm saved because I have a mother that took me to church. I didn't have a dad that took me to church. I didn't even have a dad. Think about this. Think about how important your mother was in your spiritual walk and your spiritual uh, enlightenment to come to Jesus Christ. That's this woman here. That's this great woman. Most of us, without our mother taking us to church, we would have no salvation in Jesus Christ. The saddest thing I meet is when I meet somebody whose parents didn't take them to church. So we didn't ever go to church. Most of those people are atheists. Because if the parents don't care, the kids are not going to care. Amen. just works that way. Verse 24. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive. Go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. Man, she's determined. So let's get going, guys. Let's go. Wh- whip the horse both sides. Let's get this thing a rolling. Let's go. Great determination. What makes a great mother? Here's another sign. Here's another sign. What makes a great mother is great determination. That a mother has. A mother never gives up. I told you the story of the woman for 11 years was working herself to the bones so she can get the money to put up a reward. That's determination. That's determination. I read of a story of a woman, she was walking out of the police station in Boston and she fell down the steps and hit her head. They took her to the hospital. It was an older lady and they said, she's not going to make it. I don't think she's going to make it. And they got to talking to this lady, and this lady told the nurse, I've started in California. My son left me in California, and he went somewhere out west, uh, yeah, out east. And as I was in California, she said, I went from California trying to trace his trail, but I'm going to every hospital, been trying to go to every police station, trying to find him, and I can't find him. And as it got to be pretty obvious that she wasn't going to live the nurse says, is there anything you want me to do? Is there anything you need? She goes, I want you to, if my son shows up in this hospital, I want you to tell him there's been two people looking for him, that we've been looking for him and we've been searching for him. And the nurse went down and says, who are the two people? She goes, tell him I've been looking for him and God has been looking for him. The prayers of a mother, you can't outrun them. Man, when mom starts praying for you, you're in some big, big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, Brother Keegan, will you pray for me? No, if you, if I'm, you know, I can pray and pray and pray, but when a mother gets serious and a mother says, you know what, I want something done about my son, it's amazing to see God's hand move. Amen. It's amazing to see God's hand move. You, you can't, Don't get in a mother's way. You don't get, you don't get between a bear and her whelps, you don't get between a mother and her child. You, know I mean? you don't know how many times I've been in Walmart where I've seen some little kid acting like a monster. I just want to pull my belt off and whip that little kid, you know? And they'd arrest me and, you know, it'd be all over the papers. Preacher violently assaults little child. You know, they'd have it all up there. I had that dumb look on my face and everything. You know, they'd get after me. But you know how many times I want to do that? You know, there, there's a, I would never, ever do that. I don't want, I don't want some mama getting after me. <laughs> I don't want some mama coming after me. Look at verse 25. Let's see what happens here. So she went and came into the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her far off. Then he said unto Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Huh. Gehazi. Gehazi. Elisha says, Gehazi, go find out what she needs. I can see her coming up. Something's wrong. You can tell the way she's coming. Something's not right. Go ask if everything's all right. So Gehazi runs over there and runs up to the woman and says, uh, to the Shunammite, says, is everything okay? She says, yeah, everything's all right. Verse 27. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. See, the Lord's not even telling Elisha what's going on. But what I want to point out to you is, this, is something very special going on here with this great woman, this great mother. She has something that a lot of mothers have, especially uh, born-again believing mothers have, that we should never forget. She has a very special discernment, a spiritual discernment. And what makes a great mother, she has great spiritual discernment. Amen. She runs up trying to get to Elisha. And here comes Gehazi. All she had to say is, my son is dead. I need some help. Go tell Elisha. But she just tells Gehazi, "Uh, no, this ain't ain't the one. Now, if you know your Bible, who's Gehazi? Now, Gehazi's the servant that whenever uh, uh, God healed up Naaman, Naaman had to go dump it seven times in the river and he was a leper. And Naaman came up the seventh time and he was cleansed and praised the Lord. And And Naaman goes back to Elisha and says, hey, let me give you some gold. Let me give you some silver. Let me give you, some, let me give you something for what you did. And Elisha says, I don't want none of your stuff. Just go. And remember, Naaman left, and about halfway there, here comes Gehazi and says, hey, my master changed his mind. He said he'll take some of that silver, and he'll take some of that gold. And then Naaman gave that silver and gold to Gehazi. Gehazi came back, and Elisha said, where have you been? He said, I haven't been. He said, yeah, you have. You went and got that gold. And then Gehazi got the leprosy. So the Bible shows us later on that Gehazi, this servant, has got something covetous. Something's wrong with Gehazi. Something's not spiritually right with Gehazi. So when this woman, this great woman with this great spiritual discernment comes across Gehazi, she says, this ain't a man of God. And she's going to keep on going. It's a great testimony to this woman. It's a great testimony to born-again believing mothers. Sometimes mothers, y'all have that sixth sense. Y'all keep up with that sixth sense. I don't know how many times, you know, I've been at, a, you go to a park or something like that, and the mother said, I don't, I don't like that guy being around my kids. I, I, I have a weird feeling. That's, that, that, God gave you that. Because those guys are like, what are you talking about? You know, if, if my wife ever gets a weird feeling about somebody, that's, that, that's who I'm listening to. You got that, that spiritual discernment, that spiritual attunement that comes from a great mother. A great mother has that, and she says that, and she just pushed old Gehazi to the side. She said, everything's all right. She didn't want to talk to Gehazi. She runs to Elisha, and she falls down at Elisha's feet. Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. Verse 28. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? She's calling him out. She's saying, Hey, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this, son. Did I not tell you not to be pulling a joke on me? She's calling him out. She's calling out Elisha. Woo! I wouldn't want to be Elisha right there. Did Elisha kill her son? No. God did. Amen. God killed, God took her son. Amen? Amen? That's the hardest part about being a pastor, being a minister, is when somebody, the Lord does something uh, that somebody doesn't like, come up there, why did God do that? <laughs> like, I'm not God, I don't know why God did that, let's pray about it, you know. But they want you, like, like you answer for me, you answer, to me. No, I, I can't answer. That's God. Amen. Pray to God. Ask God. Pray, plead to God. There's no mediator between you and God. Go to Jesus Christ. Amen. Go to Jesus Christ. All right. Verse 29. Then, said, then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. If thou meet my, any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my, stuff upon the, my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. See, she could have ran off with Gehazi back to the house where the child was laying on Elisha's bed, but she didn't do it, did she? She didn't follow Gehazi. She says, you know what? Gehazi can go that way. Elisha, you're a man of God. I'm staying here with you. She's got that spiritual discernment. Verse 31. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not away. Gehazi couldn't do it. Right. Something's not right with Gehazi. And the mother knows it. A great mother has that spiritual discernment. And when Gehazi shows up, he's trying to do everything that Elisha says. It don't work, it's not working. Verse 32 And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went in therefore, and shut the door upon them twain, Elisha and the, and the boy, and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up, and lay upon the child, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. That's always been a weird, when I read that, it's always been weird, because you've got this child laying there, so Elisha comes there, he lays on there, he puts his mouth on the child's mouth, he's laying on the child. But when I, I had somebody tell me this years ago, and it, when they said it, I'm like, you know, that makes a little bit, that's like mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. It's almost like mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. He puts his mouth on his mouth. He's trying to bring breath of life back into him. He lays on him. Verse 35, then he returned and walked in the house to and fro. He got, gets back up and does it again and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes. Achoo, achoo, hachu, hachu, hachu. Bad allergies. Hallelujah. Child wakes up. Amen. Sneezing seven times. Watch out for those sevens in there. Seven times. Verse 36. And he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Take up thy son. Verse 37. Then she went in and fell at his feet, at Elisha's feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. Amen. What I love about that story there is it says that she fell at his feet. The greatest, what makes a great mother is her thankfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What, breaks a, what makes a mother decide to go to church, take her kids to church? It's not this, not just because... She thinks it's a, that's, that that's the right thing to do. A, a lot of dads feel that way. A lot of men feel that way. A lot of men think, yeah, I, you know, I should probably be in church. But with a great mother comes great thankfulness. Amen. And she's thankful to Elijah. And she jumps down. She comes down. She falls down at his feet. She bows herself to the ground. That shows complete, that, com- that complete and total humbleness I was talking about. And she Amen. thanks him and took up her son and went out. When you look at the story in the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there's lots of great things done for Jesus Christ, but nothing like what was done by the women that followed Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing like what was done by the women that followed Jesus Christ, the mothers that were forgiven. They were so thankful they'd come in with some of the most expensive perfume you could buy and they'd take, their, they'd take their hair and they'd get down at his feet and they'd rub his feet with their hair. Now, this is back in the days when they walk around and there was camel manure everywhere and they'd take their hair and they'd rub his feet and they'd just love and kiss his feet and they'd just love all over Jesus Christ. That great thankfulness that only a mother can have. Thankful enough to say, you know what? I'm so thankful for Jesus Christ for saving me. I'm going to make sure I'm in church every time the doors are open. Amen. I'm so thankful that I'm going to make sure my kids are raised in a godly home. I'm going to be raised Amen. right. And if my kids go astray, my kid runs off and starts doing things he's not going to do, I'm going to hound them. I'm going to be on them like a rooster on a June bug. I'm never going to let them go. I'm going to... That's a great mother. Amen. That's a great mother. So let me close by saying this. Maybe you didn't have a great mother. Because I know for a fact some of us in here, in this room right here, they've told me I didn't have a great mother. Maybe you didn't have a great mother. But that's what makes Jesus Christ so great, is that if you don't have a great mother, you didn't have a mother that was compassionate, you didn't have a mother that was kind, you didn't have a mother that was loving, you're going to find all that in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you need a comforter? need something to comfort you. Are you in the world? This world we're living in, there's no comfort in this world. The world don't give you any comfort. The world don't give you any peace. You'll find that in Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you take Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit's going to come in. He's going to start living in you. And what the Bible calls it, Jesus Christ calls that, the Holy Spirit calls it the great comforter. That's the greatest type of a mother. And like I said, when you get hurt, When life brings those storms in your life and you're hurt and you're broken hearted. Maybe you're physically hurt. Maybe you're emotionally hurt. That's the worst kind of hurt is the emotional hurt. And you need somewhere to run. You need somewhere to crawl. You want to crawl up into somebody's lap. Like what this little child did. Crawl up into somebody's lap. You want to crawl up into mom's lap and just be comforted and held and hugged and loved on. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what you get in Jesus Christ. I remember when I was a young man, I was about eight years old, I came into the house and all my family was around and they brought me into the living room and they said, "Kigan, I got some bad news for you. And I was just like, I was eight years old. Uh, I didn't know what to say and they said, your dad's been murdered, your dad's been murdered. And I remember as a young boy, my, my Aunt Dorothy was there and I just crawled up in her lap and I just cried and cried and cried. As she comforted me as a young boy. My mom was took home to be with Jesus Christ years ago. My old Aunt Dorothy, she's still alive. She's still alive and kicking. And I call her up, and she's my mother. You know why? Because she showed me love and compassion. I crawled up in her lap. I'll never forget that. And she just loved on me and loved on me. And when I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that's all he's did for me these last 20-something years. Jesus Christ has put up with me and put up with me and put up with me. And when I come back to him and say, hey, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. He just cooks me, puts me into his loving arms, and just loves on me and loves on me. Man, I thank the Lord for mothers. But I thank the Lord more importantly for what I have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Father. Thank you for your love and mercy in my life. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for the salvation of in Jesus Christ. Lord, maybe there's somebody out there this morning, Father, they're, they're not being a good mother. May they think about it, Lord, and they think, you know, I could be a better mother. And Lord, I pray, Father, you give them the strength, Lord God, to do what they need to do. Father, I pray you just bless them, Father, for their, for their attitude, Lord God. And Father, I do thank you for the mothers that, Lord, have been fighting the fight, Lord God, that have been going against the grain of this world, Lord God, as they've been taking their kids to church, Lord God, raising them right, Lord. I, Father, I thank you for them. And Lord, but uh, Father, I thank, thank you, Lord God, that you love us and you take care of us in Jesus Christ, Lord. And if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ, Lord, that they just need to know, Lord, that if they'll believe in his death, his burial, and resurrection, Lord, and are willing to repent, If I know they're a sinner, Lord, and they're willing to come down and put their faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, you'll save them. And all this love and compassion that I know that I have in Jesus Christ, Lord, they'll find out exactly what I'm talking about, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's have an invitation, brother. What song do you want to sing? Number 17. Number 17, as we all stand together. upon him.